Brought to you by Zingzong Media. This is the Grassroots Motorsport Podcast. Hi, I'm Ethan. And I'm Scott. And you're listening to the Grassroots Motorsport Podcast. So it's been an interesting week, has it? In I don't know. Quarantine's quite boring. It's, um, have you seen Groundhog Day? No, I don't actually think I have. So, when people reference Groundhog Day, you don't uh, I know. I know what it is. I just haven't watched the movie. So, it is literally it, the only the only thing that makes the days different is church. Yeah, Every other day is the same. No, every now and then the boys I play with in War Thunder have a mild squabble between each other. That's always yeah. amusing, actually. Everyone's too high on his testosterone when you're a guy. Yeah, yeah, because I guess it's cabin fever. Yeah, but yeah, the only for me, the only difference is I get one day that I kind of take it a bit easy in the morning, and then mosey into the lounge room to live stream church. But every other day, it's kind of the same as the one before, which is okay. At least I have a job. It's relaxing. What my job? Being in quarantine. Oh, yeah. You can, a bit think it, you can think it, you can think about it that way though. Yeah, it's a staycation. Staycation. Yep. Never been a fan of that saying. So Never I wanted to it. kick this episode off with a fact check because there was a lot of facts, completely unsubstantiated in the last episode. A lot of facts. A lot. A lot of things were. A lot said. of knowledge. A lot of things were said. Um, for all the listeners out there, except for this one thing we're going to mention. Nothing else we said was a fact. <laughs> I think that's the best, safest way to put it. So, so apologies to everybody. Well, they they, they had mild <laughs> truths. No, they, they, yeah, yeah. Let let's just say we talked rubbish, which was the point of the podcast. Yeah, but um. We don't even know what it's called. We keep referring to it, but the Erebus documentary. It's literally yeah. called Erebus documentary. Or oh, there something. you go. No, I think it's got. I think they tried to give behind it a, the line. Is it? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Something. It's obviously very memorable. Yeah. Well, if you just look up Erebus documentaries, there. Yeah, yeah. So that was on. Oh, was, that, that started on the thirty-first of March. So yeah. we're actually slightly behind on that. We are, we are, because someone keeps working every day. Because every day is the same as the one before. But no, that that's uh, that's the only fact from <laughs> the last episode. I mean, the other things may have been true. We just haven't been able to properly check them. Yep. So, um, what were your thoughts on behind the line? It was quite a documentary. Um, yep. It is amazing, and if you've got a, it's actually only, it's available only on KO and Fox Sports, yep. if you want to watch it, and even if you don't, do it anyway, it's really good. What do you mean? Watch the Erebus documentary. Do it anyway. Yeah, do it anyway. Even if you don't anyway. have KO. Yeah, no, get KO. I'll get KO. Watch it. Yep. It's actually a good time to get KO. Good, definitely a good time to get KO. Because there is good motorsport content on there. Yeah. But anyway, going on to the topic of... Yep. Uh, this Erebus documentary. It's a really good documentary on it's really well shot. Yes. But I like how beautiful. they've I like how they've put it because you get to see the team, 
but it's how they also view the drivers. Yep. Because it's not from a driver's point of view, it's from a team point of view. That's right. It's from the media, how the media sees it, how the engineer sees it, all that yep. kind of stuff. And it's really good because you see him in a completely new way, in a more humanizing way. Because well, I, I think as well, it, it really shows the team aspect mm. of motorsport. Like that's what we've sort of noticed at all the introductory things that we've gone to. The number of drivers that say motorsport is a team sport. Yeah. And in that documentary, you really see it play out. Yeah, be a team sport. Yeah. Um, they've got a very low budget, so like yeah, in considering terms of supercars, yeah, quite a low budget. So for them, the Teamwork is everything. They mm. they thrive on it. So it's yeah. I, I quite I'm in love with the series or documentary. I really. I mean, considering it's favorite supercars team as well. Yeah, I know. It? I'm biased, but um, yeah. I think um Betty's a big personality. She really is. makes it. Barry's a big personality. So it's it's good. It's mm. a good mixture. I'd like to see more of Daniel. I always think. Yeah. Mister Mister Betty. Um. But I'm sure that will come. We don't, we don't. We don't know much about him, really. No. But that's just curiosity more than anything. I wonder if he's got a Wikipedia page. Don't know. Don't know. But anyway. Yeah. But no, it's good, and it's worth getting KO if you don't already. Yeah. For that. Um. So that's you know, and and KO aren't a sponsor of the podcast in any way, shape, or form. But um, while we're talking of KO, another good reason to get KO would be... Supercars All-Star E-Series. So motorsport, if you you haven't... Sorry, if you have been living under a rock, which is most of us anyway, but you may have missed somehow that supercars, all the drivers are competing in E-Series from the 8th of April, which is, as we are recording this podcast, that is tomorrow. But depending on workload... It could be today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the 8th of April, 7pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. You can watch... Where are they racing? They're racing Phillip Island as their first round. Awesome. But they did Monza testing. Yep. Um, And they had like a two-minute clip on Instagram. And one thing I'd like to mention, because last episode I made a mention on how disconnected E-Series racing can be. Yep. Um, because 100% it's, agree with you. Because it is... It's from going on to what our topic of the podcast be, which I'll mention later, there's a big disconnect in e- e-racing. Yep. But what makes this racing much better from the rest is it's the actual supercar drivers. A lot of the, a lot of the drivers in e-series races are not calling them out for their talent or anything because these guys are gifted yep. drivers. Do no doubt about it. But they know how to drive the virtual yes. race car. Yep. Because I think we may have spoken about, or you may have spoken about this before, about simulators having exploits. Yeah. Like, because a lot of them, like a lot of, and again, not calling out anyone because there is a level of talent involved. But there is a few drivers who've come and go, who've just been mildly mediocre, but found something which no one else knows and makes their car much better than what it actually should be. And they get to the top leagues. And yep. most of the time, especially, and that's that's very evident in the um, in the some NASCAR games. Yep. Um, and the thing with NASCAR is it's very very big talent pool, so you can be very mediocre and yep. be a very good driver because it's 
you turn left with the foot on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's all it's all about traffic control. Yeah. You know, um, NASCAR, but a lot a lot of drivers have gone there legitimately, and but driving a virtual race car is very different to driving a real race car. And a lot of the virtual drivers have been doing it like literally just as long as how a lot of the actual drivers drive actual race cars to get to the top. A lot yep. of the virtual drivers have the same sort of experience, except yep. instead of starting from cars, they just jump straight into a you know Formula One car and they just drive that Formula One car till they get to the top of Formula One E Series racing. But I think from that, there's in that that disconnect because they're used to online racing mm-hmm. and the rules of online racing and the mm-hmm. code of online racing. But these guys drive actual supercars. So they're going to be, they drive these online supercars like actual supercars. Yep. So it feels a lot like supercars, especially when you've got a supercar bug that you need to be fulfilled right now <laughs> and you're addicted to supercars and you must be fulfilled. And, yep. you know, you're sort of craving that sort of good racing from your good favorite drivers. This is a really good, Opportunity first of all for supercars to get a bigger, larger audience. Well, the clip that I saw, it did actually look like it had the same level of aggression and finesse mm. that you expect from a supercar driver. Like it wasn't the um, the sterile, typical. And again, like you say, not calling anyone out, but usually I racing is a bit mundane to watch. It is. It is. So it'll be interesting to see how. 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. tomorrow night or tonight, depending. Let's not get stuck in the time warp. 7 p.m., how that all plays out, I'm looking forward to it. I'd like to make a mention that um the actually the F1 Grand Prix happened not so long ago. And that was actually pretty good. To give you an idea, the 1996 Monaco clip video they had, right? That was like a very eventful Formula 1 race from what yep. I remember. This was a minute longer than that highlight video. Oh, wow. And that was a very eventful race, 1996 Monaco, from what I remember. That's just to give you an idea. And this yep. was a five-minute video. It was awesome. it was very amusing because what's the fun with ra- uh, online racing is when a crash happens, normally your car's out of the race and you're one less driver. And then you've got some guy with a mechanical problem and that's one less driver. And it's sort of like, you know, especially with these yep. GT racing, then, the you know, the, everyone starts spacing out, you know, because of strategy. It was 29 laps... Everyone was crashing constantly, even George Russell and yes, I have Charles Leclerc. He was ridiculous, but um, yeah, everyone was crashing, spinning out. It was actually very amusing to watch because it was very non F one, hmm. and I think it's going to be quite the same because there's not that level of I am driving a forty million dollar race car right now, and if yeah. I make one slight mistake, my team owner is going to cry golden bricks. This is more like this is a virtual race car for sixty bucks on this game. There's yep. nothing to lose, and I think really with these actual race drivers driving the online cars, there's going to be an extra level of aggression because there is nothing to lose. Mm. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how the penalties and things work as well, because I'm sure that um, race control will still have the same level of mm-hmm. uh, point and financial penalties, so there won't be like a repeat of Bathurst Gate. Yeah. Um, so that would be be interesting. Uh, I'm I'm very curious to see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, today's uh, we don't. I mean, we have a bit of a topic because we're assuming if you're at home and listening to this podcast in 2020, um, you're probably looking for stuff to do motorsport related, and thought you'd um, tune in to us and and hear what we've got to say. But a lot of people that we talk to. 
don't know a thing about or don't know where to start with simulating uh, simulators. Simulating simulators. That would be... That's a tautology. Um, that would be interesting. Inception. Yeah, Inception. Yeah, they don't, they don't know where to begin. And so, like, Ethan has been on a simulator probably since the age of six-ish, thereabouts. Um, I remember my days of driving a NASCAR and could hardly take the corners, but it would always be my goal to just try and create the biggest crash possible. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so you've been you've been on a simulator for a long time. Yeah. And so there will be a guide available on the Pack and Auto Club page this week, some stage. Um, we will announce it on our podcast page mm-hmm. as well. But um, if you want to go step by step through what people need to be considering if they're looking at getting involved in simulators yep. and yeah, how to... Because you can't just go down to JB Hi-Fi and chat no. to the nerd. That's um, those. I mean, I mean, you you would you but. yeah, but you still wouldn't though. You would you'd really simulators are like it's it's literally buying a simulator is actually like buying a car at some stages. It can be very complex. Yeah. Well, also you don't you don't want to be that guy going into the shop with no idea and a fistful of dollars. Yeah, because um, you will get there's a risk of being taken for a ride unless of course you know you're happy to drop ten grand on it, which yeah, if that's your thing, that's good. But um, yeah. don't go to JB Hi-Fi if that's your budget. Yeah, no, don't go to JB Hi-Fi if that's your budget. But um, yeah, so where where should someone start? So we'll start with games and we'll have two subtopics in this topic. And buying your game is probably more important than getting your console because you want to figure out what you want to drive and what you want to do with your simulator before you even get your platform and your simulator. So... With your games, a lot of people make a big emphasis on trying to have the most realistic and brand newest simulator, clean and shiny, you know? Like, you know, this game was released, you know, two days ago, so, you know, it must be a good sim. But the thing you have to remember is that it is simulating driving. There's been plenty of things which are better. Uh, To give you an idea, BMW Motorsport uses R-Factor 2. That thing's like 10, 12 years Mm. old now. That's a good idea. BMW Motorsport. Yeah, wow. So, you know, it's simulator buying your game. You can really go budget. Because um, I think, like, um, it depends on what people want to achieve as well. Because like, we've got a friend who has a open wheeler. Yeah. And he'd be keen to get um, a simulator just for Sandown. And, yeah. like, have access to those tracks. So, obviously, there's no point for him to go... A PS4 and grid. Yeah, because you're not going to get sand no. out of that. And from that, a lot of a lot of Australian track tracks, because a lot of it, we are, despite our size, we're quite small, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, you would have to if you want to actually play Australian tracks, you would have to do an older simulator. Because yep. the modern community in sim racing is amazing, and the stuff these people can achieve is sometimes even better than what the developers can do. Um. So definitely, like, if you if you want to play just Australian tracks, definitely go for an older older yep. game and download. Go for a PC and get mods. Get you can download Sandown. You can download Phillip Island. You can definitely do Bathurst. Yep. You can do Sydney Motor Sydney Motorsport Park. You can do you can do quite a lot of them. Hmm. Um, and with that though, just going on that, you know, 
there's a lot of games which a lot of people turn down because it seemed to be arcadey. And that is a truth. But if you're using it purely as an immersive or mm-hmm. slightly like just to keep you keep yourself sharp over yep. these times, you don't need something fully realistic. Yep. Let's go for Grid, which I got for Christmas, and it's a brilliant racing game. Yep. Um, and despite it being very arcadey, I can do one twenty eights in the TCR cars. Like basically, it's supercar times in TCR cars. Yep. You shouldn't be able to do that. No. And do one, you can do one twenty threes in supercars. It just it's it's very fast. It's, it's yeah, way yeah. it's way faster than what it should be in real life. But it's got the best wheel spin I have seen in a game ever. Yep. It you can trail brake correctly and properly. Simulates red mist, which is very good because mm. nothing really has that. Yeah. Albeit it does. It is a very violent racing experience. <laughs> yep. There's there, there's a lot of touch and rub. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to experience, I don't know. I don't know. I've never really raced against cars in a huge pack, but if you really like that sort of touch and rub experience yep. and a sort of arcadey feel, games like that are perfect because you can still sort of say stay sharp. Yep. But you're immersed and you're having a good time, and that's what matters. Sounds good. And then going from the second topic, so now you found the simulator want to do. Yeah, okay. I'll you know we'll just do an example. You want to buy a set of Corsa. All right, that's yep. the simulator you want. Yep. So you've got simulator, but now how competitive do you want to be? Do you want to be competitive with sim racing? Because something like Gran Turismo, yep. you can easily get into professional e-racing quite easily through Gran Turismo's mm. rating system. iRacing, you know, there are plenty of online championships where you can win, win, win prize money. There's even iRacing championships they run where you can win prize money. Yep. So then there's that level of competition as well. Do you actually want to be a competitive sim racer or do you want to be a sim racer who just wants to enjoy yep. virtual race cars? So from that, we'll go to platform. Yes. And really with... Um, or by platform, you mean console? Yeah, console. Yep. Well, so officially called platform. Yes. So... Whether you go a PlayStation or Xbox or PC, and I suppose the quick, if you make a quick decision, the two aspects would be like age slash social side of things, and then budget. Because if you're a young person, you've probably got friends that play, like heaven forbid, but Fortnite. Um, which, in which case, you've probably already got a PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah, because I think. It'd be un- pretty unusual if you didn't. Um, but then a more seasoned or serious gamer might, you know, have the budget or the inclination for PC. PC. But you do have to remember you can get some okay PCs for console price. Dead serious. You can get some pretty good PCs for console price. Yes. I... I I would um, question their long-term oh, no, game long, ability. Oh, no, longevity. I don't know how yeah. long it'll last, but you can definitely get the away issue, with one. Yeah, I, I wouldn't fall into that trap purely because as soon as Windows run an update, um, you're probably going to lose any advantage mm. that you've got. From um, my, my position, you know, having... Uh, been involved in the IT side of things for a little while. Um, 
you'd probably be looking for a decent PC, a gaming PC, about five times the cost of a console. Like if you want, yeah, if you want if, something, if you want, you're if you want a, a good, few, yeah. a few years out of a good one, um, yeah, you, you're going to be looking probably in the vicinity of five times the budget, especially, um, which we'll touch on in a minute. But depending on how you want to have the display side of things, because that then opens a whole, mm. you know, a graphics card, you know, a decent graphics card, you can be dropping three to four grand on, yeah, um, before you even look at the PC side of things. So, um. Yeah, so you've decided on a game and you've decided you want, you know, PC or PlayStation or Xbox or Switch. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to see a sim racer play Bloomin' Mario Kart because it's the only racing game. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you've decided on that. What would be then the next thing that someone would need to look at? Yeah, so you've looked at your console, you've got your game, you've decided whether you want to be competitive or not, and yep. that goes underneath your game. But now you actually get to the fun bit of getting your simulator, and this bit's iffy because there's a lot of information, and mm-hmm. like 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 us car people, some people get really upset when you say bad things about their simulator. Yep, which we're not saying bad things. No, we're not anybody. saying anything bad, because the beauty of sim racing is it's like club motorsport. You can really get away with a lot of stuff. Yep. And, and you can you can be competitive with a cheap setup. You can be really competitive with a cheap setup. You have to remember that in a, a lot, even today, a large season of proper I races like the professional guys yep. using G twenty sevens. Yeah, pick those up for fifty bucks on eBay. Yeah, because they're like we're now G twenty nine, so that's two generations ago. So mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Very good. So from that, buying a simulator, you need to think of these two things before you get your wheel. Force feedback. So there's force feedback wheels and non-force feedback wheels. Now, if you're just looking for a fun thing to put in your office desk and, you you know, you got Need for Speed or something, yep, and you just want a wheel, just go for a non-force feedback. You can get them for, you know, under 100 bucks. They just got the pedals and the wheel. Yep. Get away with it. Problem with that is if you're looking at legitimate sim racing is you've got no feedback. How simulators work is normally the tracks are laser scanned. Which is from, amazing. Which That'd is be a cool job. awesome. You drive a van around with a funny little thing on top yep. of it. Yeah, really cool, really cool technology. But from that, when that simulator was made, you will be playing that racetrack in the condition it was when they laser scanned yep. it. Exactly. Yeah. Almost. Depending on how they add it into the yes. software. But it'd be it's a very close rendition of what it actually is. Yep. So from that, when you're Virtual race car will drive over a bump, hit a curb, go on dirt, you know, hit a wet patch. I yep. don't know. Whatever happens in a racetrack, right? You will not get that feedback if you have a non-force feedback wheel. You will not feel that. You would not know. Mm. And from that, you won't be able to... Und- you'll only know by visual cues yep. and audio kill- cues. And you're missing touch. And if you've driven actual race cars, you know, touch is a very big part. Yep. Because it just helps to become one with the machine. And so definitely go for the extra money. Yep. Go for a force feedback wheel because you cannot go wrong with them. No. And I guess the thing with force feedback um, is it really it comes down to how much you're willing to spend. Because uh, they kind of, you know, they, they generally, um, like, so for PlayStation and PC... They generally start around the four hundred and fifty dollar mark, um, 
then they start jumping up fairly quickly. You can be spending, you know, seven and a half thousand dollars plus on just the pedal set shifter handbrake wheel. Um, if that's what you want to do, that's great. It's kind of um, recreationally. I take the same viewpoint with musical instruments as I do with this sort of setup. Is that you spend what you can afford. So because you know it's not um, you're doing it to entertain yourself and to be competitive. You're not necessarily going to be a rock star or a race car driver. So. No, there's actually a song where they say it's a rock song, and he they say one of the lyrics is just because you beat guitar doesn't make you a rock star. Yeah, I don't know what song that is, but it stuck with me. Hmm. I've got Interesting. It. It's a good lyric though, because that's something you have to remember when sim racing is it. It is simulating. Yep. It's not. It's a video game. It's a, it's still a video game, no matter how brilliant it is and how close to real life and how like it actually does make a slight difference. Yep. in your driving, which is a problem because you can learn bad. Yep. habits but anyway it still doesn't it's still not the real thing no, and that's and there's so much that comes into play like we were saying about the um erebus documentary mm. like you need a team mm. you need massive levels of fitness and commitment from you as a driver but even the rest of your team yeah need to have the same level of commitment and there's a lot of give and take in that environment where being on a simulator even at the the highest level of high racing I would imagine and I'm saying this very fairly and with all respect is that it's a selfish endeavor like it's a solo endeavor it is well from actually having a crack at Gran Turismo's competitive side yep having a good go at it just because I wanted to see what it was like it is it's a it is a very big personal commitment yeah you have you're gonna have to it's like racing trying to become a professional racing driver, you're going to need to have that commitment as a driver, but then there's a reset button and you don't need the, yep. you don't need the, that, that core strength. You don't need no. the neck muscles. No. You just need to be able to sit on the simulator and be bored enough to do it two hours a day. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. So you've got the wheels set up, organized, or, you know, someone yep. knows where they're going to head with that. Um, I suppose moving outwards from there would be the cockpit. Yeah, you want to go for cockpit next. So, And that is a big thing. Yeah. So you don't really, because we've had like a Pang, Pagnian Imports um, cockpit. We've had the dining table chair oh, set up. That's the worst. And then we've got now, we've got a wheel stand and gaming chair. Which isn't that bad, but my one's got like a stand and it goes in between your legs. It's yep. mildly frustrating, but it's not yeah. like it's not like again. You have to remember, I'm using simulators as something just to say slightly sharp over, yep. you know, the off season. Yep. And recreational stuff. I'm not, you know, worrying about. Yeah. Uh, like I try and make my games feel as nice and real as possible because again, I am using it as I just mentioned to stay slightly sharp. Yes. So the, and the reason why we opted for that particular stand, Ethan didn't have much say in it because it was a gift. Um, but the reason why we we opted for that setup is that a full-size cockpit, while it will probably, like an entry-level one, will cost you roughly the same as a decent quality gaming chair and wheel stand. Um, they take, about, take up a lot of space, whereas we wanted something that we could actually pack down. So even though Ethan's never 
needed to do it, we can actually fold the wheel stand up and put it in a wardrobe and the gaming chair is just a you know desk chair. So um, yeah, that doesn't take up any room. Whereas a small cockpit, you need like a three meter by one meter space. If you're fortunate enough to come across a hyper simulator, which are, they do come up on Facebook Marketplace probably every couple of months. And the reason why that is, is because usually a guy's significant other gets sick of having to clean around it. Um, they are very, very big units, like perfect for the man cave if mm. you've got a massive man cave. But I would suggest but, from doing that, maybe building it. Yeah. Because with that, though, like buying a hyper simulator from a manufacturer, yeah, it's going to be built correctly, but it's also really expensive. It's actually to the point where you're probably better off just buying a real race car at that stage. Yeah, I mean, I have seen them on Marketplace for four to $600. Yeah, that's but, pretty good pricing. But you need a van or a trailer to go pick it up. Mm. Like, they're, you know, they're four metres plus long. They're very big units. Um, and, yeah, as you say, if you especially if you're, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are already in the car community, you might have a race seat kicking around already. You should be... Handy with the plywood and the circular saw, hopefully, or it's good time to. It's a good project to have. Um, to knock up a cockpit yourself isn't very difficult. You no. just you know plywood. You, yeah, measure it off your race car, measure mm-hmm. it off your road car. Um, it'll give you some idea of proportions. Um, probably. And, so yeah, so we've got all that no, no, sorted. No. Yeah, you really no just pondering on this. Yeah. Uh, cockpit thing it's actually probably one of the most important things to think about because it's comfort yeah you have it don't worry about it looking good looking spaz looking snazzy you just have to be comfortable and you be enjoying it yep those are the two main things because trust me using the dining table chair combo is very uncomfortable it's fun when you're playing the simulator but when you get up you feel it in your back yep so definitely try to avoid a swivel chair in general. Yeah, it's really frustrating, especially when you're hitting those dank heel toes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess then... I mean, we, we might skip over the sound side of things because that's really personal preference. Um, No, uh, sound is very important because it's a part of driving a race car. Yes, but you can get away with these Just headphones. headphones. Just go for headphones. You don't necessarily have to get, you know, the do, butt kicker speaker and the... Do not... Seriously, no, headphones are the best way to go for sim racing. Yeah. Because, first of all, you're not annoying your family if you got one. Yeah, true. With race car sounds. No, no, that, that's frustrated mum over the past few <laughs> times. I've had yeah, some yeah. really good sessions. So, seriously, just get some good quality head yep. headset. Good, they will simulate exactly what you get with actual well, speakers. I've, I've actually seen some that are modeled on race headsets, mm. which would be like I think Harvey Norman had them, and that would be way cool. The Red Bull one, yeah. Um, don't know if they're still available. Well, but... My one I've got right, like that does surround sound, yeah. And yeah, it's right. it's not a not a awfully expensive one for no. a crazy gaming yeah. headset, and that's perfect for sim racing, yeah. So, yeah, audio is important, but. Easily dealt with. Yeah. You don't need to. You don't know. need to dwell on it. No, um, but the other the other thing that is important is the display side of things. Mm-hmm. Very important. So, um, no matter what you choose to do, the important measurement from an immersion point of view is sixty degrees. If your field of vision is less than sixty degrees, 
you'll know you're playing a video game. Which, I mean, you'll know you're playing a video game anyway. But with some of these 4K displays, which, you know, they all of the high-end um, consoles and games do produce very outstanding 4K graphics now. So having um, that 60-degree field of vision taken up is super important. You can get away with one monitor. Um, it would be pretty cool to have three, but there's not, not one more thing you but can there do. There is the other option, which uh, is... if this is a reason why I think PC is definitely superior. If you want to go sim racing and yep. just, you're very, definitely new to it, and it's VR, especially yep. now in today's age where VR is actually like really grown, you can yep. get away. You can get away with some really good VR headsets. Yes, for very good prices, very cheap yep. prices, and the pr- good thing with that. Is just through a little editing through your VR headset, you'll be the most immersed driver in that online field. Yes, because just the the level of detail which goes into these cars, especially when they have VR support, is pretty crazy. But then you actually get those blind spots without artificially adding them with the yep. screen. You've got those blind spots there because you're virtually in that car. Yep, and from that you can also look in through mirrors, which are very handy. Uh, and you know you can look to your sides and behind you, and it's just it's a, it's a very different experience. And it's actually probably if you're going to go competitive, I actually say get VR because it'll probably make you faster. Yeah, yep. And in terms of specs of PC that you'll need to drive that, we'll be putting together, um, which I'm not sure if I've mentioned this already, but a guide um, on the Packenham Auto Club website and the Grassroots Motorsport um, Facebook page. Uh, for getting a sim set up, which will have some actual specifications that you'll need to run uh, some of the current games with VR headsets on PC, which will also give you an idea of budget. And a lot of mods actually can give you VR support. Yep. A lot of modders are very brilliant. So if you get PC, you can basically run anything VR in reality, like all the good simulators like Assetto Corsa, Project Cars 2, Dirt Rally. So we've got the software like the game side of things covered we've got the console they've got the hardware is there anything else they need to keep in mind well now it's just like now it's just like little things like do you want you know there's a lot of apps you can get on iphones where you can give up you know proper racing displays onto your thing so like just from that now it's just look online and see what what do you want as a rig do you Mm. want it do you want a harness do you want a harness do you want motion do you want And and just on the harness point, because it's quite... I I get ads in my Facebook feed from a few importers of simulators, and it's quite interesting whenever they put the picture of the one with the harness on there, um, how many people, like, have a a dig about it. But I actually, like, from a... um, an immersion and training perspective, like, if if you're able to crank up your brake, like, your pedal box to match your car, and then whack on a harness and restrict your breathing. It's actually going to give you a fairly good training tool, especially if you're looking to do enduro side of things. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not going to give you the same level of physicality, but at least you'll have some, like it'll improve your immersion. Yeah, it probably adds a well, bit of... Or racing, like being in a race car, you know, you really, are, you really are stuck in there. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And so... Like, when you don't have the harness, yeah, it's nice to be able to move around, you know, get up, have a drink of water, you know, eat your chips and jump back on. It's, you yeah. know, quite nice. And that's cool and all. But 
sometimes even I wish I felt, I know this is weird, but I felt really restricted and I could hardly move my body mm. because for me personally, I feel that's like the most important part for me as a driver yep. being strapped in. I, for some reason I feel really quick. Yep. Like I feel faster yep. and more confident strapped more in. And so I think even on a simulator, because simulators can be really like really trick your mind if you're properly immersed into yeah. it. Restricting yourself like you're restricting the actual race car is probably the best decision you could ever make. Yep. Outside of VR. Yep. So and then in terms of then if you're looking to compete or at least find a group to play with, um, if you're not familiar already with Discord, it's time to jump on Google and have a look at Discord. Um Packing a Auto Club has a Discord server as well. So the point of Discord is kind of like a, a chat room where you can organise competitions and um, you know talk about cross-platform stuff. Also share ideas if it's a good supportive group like ours. Um, you know share your simulator setup and and offer advice if it's asked. <laughs> and yeah. um, you know just really um, yeah be a be another way to connect with new people. But yeah, it's also it's the most common way that gamers um, get connected. Yeah, get connected and organise events and stuff like that. So you don't necessarily need to, um, you know, fork out your entry fee for iRacing and make the financial commitment. You can no, do we're it all we're all and, free. Yeah, we're all free in the Pack and Motor Club group. Yeah. yeah, but um, going on, I'll actually that's actually a good thing that thanks for reminding me. That's a good thing. I did talk about competition, but yeah. one thing I didn't say is how to get involved into competitive sim racing. Yeah. Um, disc like Discord servers and stuff like that are actually probably the best way as a casual sim racer if yep. you want to get into sim racing because they're normally very accepting. You know, they don't really care about your lightning fast speed or your snail's pace. They don't care. They're happy just to be talking to someone yeah, who enjoys yeah. racing too. Yep, and it's normally a very inviting community. Well, it comes back to that thing of being a solo. Yeah. A solo thing. So the fact that you've got like-minded people that you can have a chat to and definitely have a bit of banter with when it's called for, but generally be kind. And then <laughs> going from that though, then if you play something like Gran Turismo or iRace, you know, your project cars too, yep. they run a system where, and this is probably, this is probably the easiest way, not the best way, but it's probably the easiest way because you don't have to be social. And it's literally, you just do the online races. They normally with those big games like that where they yep. actually have an e-series they have an online rating and normally that's done through your driving so they would mark it through normally two things which is uh or three things depending but normally sportsmanship your driver placement and how good your driving is yep so you know for for gran turismo you, you get you get in-game penalties for, you know, crashing into things or cutting corners and stuff. But you also get a penalty to your driver rating, which brings you down a level. So basically, if you want to get into competitive Gran Turismo, for example, you yep. need to get the highest level driver rating and sportsmanship rating. So, you know, you need to be pretty quick and be a clean, hmm. fast driver. And then um, from that, eventually... You just start. You'll be able to qualify for, you know, community like they set up community races. Yep. You qualify from those. You normally get championship points, and you move awesome. up through the world. Like, it's really easy if you're good at it. Hmm. But the problem with sim racing is it's a really big talent pool. Yes. It's a really big talent pool because 
there's a lot of people who actually just prefer sim racing you know, over actual racing. They can easily afford actual racing, but they yep. just for some reason prefer the simulator. And I see exactly why because it's less space. Well, it's so accessible. Too. So accessible, and so there is a huge talent pool for that. Yeah. But again, with sim racing, when you stand out, you stand out. Definitely make it mm. online thing about that because people will back you up on it. Yep. Awesome. It's pretty on uh, to be a competitive sim racer. It's it's easy. It's just the hard bit is actually getting there because mm. it's a big talent pool. Yep. So there's been a lot of info in this podcast, and as I said, there will be a guide available. But if you think we've forgotten to mention something about sim racing, or you've got questions, we've got a Facebook page. Uh, the grass. If you just type into Facebook, the Grassroots Motorsport Podcast, you'll find us. Um, same logo as the podcast that's appearing on your player. Um, that's probably the easiest way to reach out. Um, we're not going to do a live read of an ad this week because this is a longer podcast and we've got um, good relationships with our sponsors and they know that that was going to be the focus for this week. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we've covered off all of the questions or thoughts that you may have had, but we want to know, we want to hear from you. Because albeit, like, I only know this because even for me, sim racing was before actual racing for me. Yep. So, like, I've done research and I'm totally not an expert. I'm totally not an expert. It's one of those things, though, that the more you know, the more you realise you don't know. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, and there is a lot of armchair experts out there, too, with opinions. Because because yeah. things with like sim racing is very opinionated with yeah. a lot of things, and but it's still a good environment. Yeah. If you're it's a good in, environment. If you're in a in club a good level, Discord, yep, get get involved there. So because you have to remember, like in a sim in a sim race, especially with mics, you you can yell swear words in your race car and they won't hear you unless you've got a video and then you share it to the <laughs> Facebook page or something. Yeah. In sim racing, it's going to be in there both ears and they're going to hear it quite good. So yeah. you have to remember, like. It's a different community. Yeah, yeah. And it changes quickly. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that that uh, wraps up the episode for this week. Um, yes, yeah, stay safe in there. And um, yeah, definitely uh, hit us up with a message on Facebook uh, if you've got thoughts about sim racing. Um, also, send us a message as well if... You're interested you, in the Discord. Yep. Um, also, if you're, you or a family member... Or someone you know, you want to have them on the show, and because um, we, you know, we do have some guests uh, teed up, but we're also happy to think outside the box and chat to people that we wouldn't normally. So, yeah, um, and also if you could leave us a rating on iTunes, that would help us a lot. So, see you around. See you around. <laughs>